Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sporting 160EN podcast. We're on episode 127. Let me introduce you to my fine panel. Firstly, on my right or left, whatever side that camera is showing, we have got Chris. How are you today, Chris? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing good. Um, it's uh, not, I mean, it's a tough result yesterday and it obviously puts us in a tough position. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, we were dreaming of the round of 16, maybe further. Realities, you know, hit us hard, I would say. And uh, now it seems like we're uh, we're we're licking our wounds already, and there's a long way to go. So still plenty of time to turn it around. But I will say we are not trending in the direction I wish we were. Yeah, agreed. And second, we have got the main man, Steph. How are you today, Steph? I'm pretty good. So uh, good game against Maritim. We will dominate the whole game, which we'll talk about in more depth. Uh, we won one nothing. And uh, against Dortmund, uh, which is a very good team, um, a very good performance. And again, we'll talk. We'll talk more in depth. Uh, I was disappointed uh, with the final result, but not by the performance. So, so you know, let's let's talk about it in detail. Yep. And lastly, I'm your host Sam Fonseca filling in uh, for Danny. Um, we are supposed to have uh, Marino Pachotto on here later. Um, currently uh, not here, but hopefully we hope to have him very soon. Um, we'll move straight on to the Twitter questions. Uh, we got a, a decent amount today, so let me get those up for you now. We're going to go to the first question from Danny. Um, Chris, what did you rate um, Polinio's bum out of out of uh, 1 to 10 or um, on a scale of 1 to Carl Lowry? Yeah, it's tough to tell if he's actually got, you know, a fat ass or if it's just, you know, he's just wearing really flattering underwear. Um, I think seven is, I think seven's fair. It's definitely above average. <laughs> Steph, do you, do you have any further thoughts to this question? Uh, I'll give him a, a 10. I mean, he's, that's a beautiful butt, I gotta tell you. I mean, I, I never thought we'd have that conversation on here, but the, the, the more you know. Uh, we'll go to the next question, which is Richard Nevers. Um, when should we hit the panic button? Uh, Chris, I'll leave that one to you. Uh, when do we hit the panic button? I mean, I think we could have hit it last week, to be honest. If you want to hit it this week, it's fine. But, yeah, I mean – this the squad has the squad has holes that that need to be filled. I don't know if they will be filled. Don't know if we're are we going to be you know sellers at the deadline and offloading Palinha. You know maybe one other player in January. We're just going to take you know third rolling over. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, definitely panic. I, 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 a good amount, I would say. Yeah. Um, I'll go to the next question and give that to Steph. Um, we've got two matches against Bajikas. If we got the six points, it's logical to say that Sport we could advance to the group stage. Um, what do you prefer to reach the last 16 of UCL, move to the Europa League for a decent run? Steph, what are your thoughts on those questions? It's a, it's a trick question, but it's a good one. And Abdullah always comes up with excellent questions. Uh, of course, the Champions League would be uh, the 16, round of 16 would be better. Um, it's it's uh, more pr prestige and uh, and you know you never know what can happen 
it's two games, one home, one away, and you never know what can happen. I think the best Sporting has done. I don't think I know we ever uh, we we uh, best ever done in the Champions League was the quarterfinals. So I would like to reach the semifinals. I don't know if it will be this year, and we'll talk about uh, more about it in depth in a little while. But um, for for this question, the sixteenth of uh, the Champions League. Yeah, uh, Chris, don't know if you have anything to add on, on that one. I agree, but I think for that to happen, we're going to have to probably take maximum points in our remaining four games. And I don't know how likely that is, uh, especially going to the going to uh, Amsterdam. I mean, Ajax is on an absolute tear right now. I say we focus on Besiktas and see where we are after two straight games against them. And then we will be much more able to realistically evaluate um, what our aspirations are from this group. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, another one from Abdallah. Um, Steph, I'll give this one to you as well. Um, since uh, winning the league title, the 3 4 3 is clearly not working in the Champions League, and Polina is suffering to cover the field. Um, do you agree that we play 4 3 3 with Braganza in the middle? Uh, Steph, um, do you think we should play that formation, or do you have another formation in mind? Or what are your sort of tactical vision? Uh, regarding sporting at the moment i mean the three four three it, it could be high low uh, high medium or low so a three four three itself it's it's a little bit different on how the uh ruben and Marie would like wants it to be so it depends who you're playing against you could play a three four three and it could be a little bit more defensive than offensive depending on the pressure that you want to apply if you want to apply a high block a medium block or low block. So um, I'm not against the 4-3-3. I think it should be a plan B. Um, but I don't know if Ruben and Murin will go with that. He's, uh, Ruben and Murin sticks to his ideas. And I think the 3-4-3 will be what we'll see most of the time. Yeah, fair fair enough. Uh, let's go on to the next question. Antti Menez, um, Chris, this one's for you. We all know you love um, Jovan. Um, Javon's back in a slump, um, and Nana Santos finishing has been terrible lately. Um, if you're Amarim, do you let Santos work through this, or is it something to batter in the 11? Or Chris, do you have anyone else you'd like to see on the wing on, on the next 11? You're still muted, by the way. I mean, I think that Nana Santos finishing specifically has definitely left a lot to be desired. And I'm not sure if it's it's Matt if, if it's like multiplied by the fact that like it seems like the, the best chances have always fallen to him in the past like at least in the last two league games not so much the Dorman game but definitely in the last two league games it's just like he's had like eight chances to finish in the last two games um, I don't know if that's mostly just coincidence but I actually I've liked Nuno Sense in the league games you know I thought he, he he's put himself in good positions he's you know delivered some decent balls. I don't have really any complaints about Nuno Sanz, except it would be nice to see him put one of these. I mean, he, it's not like he's had, like, tap-ins and he skied them. He's still had a little bit to do, but it's uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate he hasn't been able to convert any, convert any of them. Yeah, definitely. Chris, I'm going to give this one to you because I've seen a question that is definitely tailored to Steph more on the next one. Um, what are your thoughts on Matthias Rice's performance yesterday, um, given how much we... How much hate we've given him? He was actually decent. Uh, I just wanted to butt in and say he was. I thought he was decent as well. But carry on. Yeah, I thought he was definitely decent defensively. Um, he wasn't like 
a liability. They weren't just like steamrolling down the left side. But the one part of his game that obviously still leaves a lot to be desired is he he really doesn't offer much offensive threat. He like would just like try to dribble through like multiple people and just lose it by the third person. He doesn't really seem like a guy who's bombing up the field, getting crosses in, in the same way that Vinagre and Porto, Porto are. Obviously, Vinagre's been shit as well, but that is one part of his game that is, like, I guess, like, you can still see it, that he, he has, like, offensive threat and, like, whipping them in with his left foot. Race, I guess. Yeah, it, race, if, if race offers no offensive threat and he's a defensive liability, then he's just a zero out there. But since he had his, since he, was, he had his like you know defensive assignment sorted out and wasn't a liability, um, it kind of just made his not, nothing on offense more tolerable. So yeah, I mean that's it's like a fine um, stand-in piece for like league games for sure. But um, in in Champions League, uh, I don't know. Um, especially if it's Champions League game where we're looking to win. I don't know uh, how useful he's going to be. And I still think – I used to think that he was better at left back or le- at center back than wing back after seeing the both. This is probably his best game at wing back. But if he's going to be that like solid defensively, then maybe over Neto or something like that, um, if he's going to be solid defensively and now he doesn't have to worry about you know bombing forward as much because like obviously our formation asks a lot of the outside backs, the wing backs. Um, so maybe he is more suited for the center back role. I think I'm willing to probably reconsider that now after seeing the storming game, but yeah, overall, um, he was fine. Yeah. Um, next question, Stefan, the final question, um, for now goes to you. Um, Nuna Gabriel asks, um, I know it's, we have to defend our players, but how hard is it uh, becoming to defend Paulinho? Um, is Mr. Sit a number of players where he should have shot and passed instead and did the opposite. We need to start scoring. We need his scoring ASAP. Um, Steph, how hard is it to defend Paulinho? And do you still defend Paulinho or are you, are you done with him? That, that's, that's, a, that's a tough question because I've been defending Paulinho like crazy and um, we paid 60 million for him and it's, it's, it's a chunk of money in. Um, at this point in time, I was expecting more goals from him. And the, the excuse or the reason that he's playing well and he doesn't have to score goals is kind of fading away because he's a striker. If Pot's not there to score two goals on .3 expected goals every game, it makes him stand out a lot worse, you know? <laughs> exactly. And, and that alone, it's hard to defend Pauline at this point in time. And I think himself, he knows that. Um, and then we don't have any solutions internally. If you look at the uh, under-23 and the B team, there's not really any good strikers we have available. So then the question is, why the fuck did we loan Pedro Marques? Um, it bothers me. I'm not even going to mention Pedro Mintz, but Pedro Marques, he was actually a decent option to have on the bench. I don't think Tiak Tomaj is good for the left wing or or the right wing. He's more in the middle as uh, to pressure and only in certain games. Like a game that um, we played against Meritimu, for example, we need a, a striker that's able to finish inside the box. And Tiak Tomaj is not that kind of player. 
Paulinho is, but he's not delivering. So the question is, uh, or it's not a question, is why did Ruben Amorim or Ugviana get another striker? The striker that's um, shining at Befica, we could have gotten him, but we preferred Paulinho. Uh, is he from the U Ukraine or? Yeah, yeah, Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Yoremchuk. Yeah, that's why I couldn't say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, he's 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 doing phenomenal with Bifika, and it's a shame that we didn't get him because he's a striker by definition inside the box. Um, and if we didn't get him, why didn't we get Tony Martinez from uh, Porto? We could have gotten him, but we stuck with Paulinho, and so far it's not working out. Uh, one quick correction: Philippe uh, Paris, one of our listeners, said that Sporting. Never reached the quarterfinals. No, we did in the 82-83. We reached the quarterfinals. But so it was before the Champions League era. Well, yeah, but it's still... Yeah, it's still it was the European yeah. competition, yeah. Yeah, it's, no, no. It's, we were still called the Tatas Champions, but it was the Champions League. When did, it, when did it get reformatted? Like 93 like or something like that, right? The name was changed. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take away all the titles. Yeah, that, no, uh, it's the same thing with England, like Premier League yeah. era versus like prior to yeah. that. Like obviously, it, still first division, you know. It yeah. doesn't take away the titles from Real Madrid and Benfica yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, all those p the clubs yeah. that won in nineteen sixties and seventies. It still counts. Yeah. So Sporting yeah. reached the quarterfinals of the Champions League or whatever you want to call it in eighty two eighty three. Um, Chris, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Paulinho situation as well. We've we've tried to defend him as much as we can. I'm I'm starting to turn on him, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> do you, do you think it's time to to sort of cut our losses, or do you think he can still deliver like a 15 goals a season for us, or is, <laughs> is it is it too too far gone? Ten goals, <laughs> ten goals. Yeah, I mean, like, bro, is he even going to hit that? <laughs> I mean, it it. Uh, I know you said Chris, but it's frustrating because <laughs> I was expecting at least by now at least four goals in the Portuguese league and at least one goal in the Champions League because he had enough chances to score. Do you think he needs a strike partner? Or maybe he needs to be the strike partner. Okay, but so like I a mean, Bastos and like Montero. It like seems Simani to me. Yeah. It seems to me yeah. like he's always trying to set up other people to a fault almost. Got, got yeah. like Bastos was a few years ago. He used to do that all the but time. But that, but also, but also, I mean, that it, it's like, oh, it's like his natural instinct to be more of a facilitator, which is fine. But like when you get so out of form, that like, like Bastos, Bastos was not a facilitator. But like when he got out of form. He just started like passing on breakaways and shit. Um, that cross, that perfect cross in like the 80th minute, right to Paulinho's head. He tries to tries to head it backwards as a pass. Doesn't even get the pass right. Like he need like we haven't had it. Like that was probably like our best chance of the second half. And I mean that's just not good enough. Like if you're gonna try to head the pass, bro, it's it still needs to set him up. Like either head to goal or get the pass right, but he got neither right. He's just so out of form, but it's like, there's no one else. I mean, uh, Emone eventually is going to have to put Diago Tomas in. And it's like, we used him a lot as this, like the center forward in this formation last year and won plenty of games. So like, this is not the worst thing in the world, but Diago Tomas is not in any sort of good form either. I mean, I didn't think he played well yesterday. Um, 
obviously he's played well. <laughs> he's, he's not had the opportunities this season, but from his a couple cameos, I mean, he's been average at best. Um, there's just not much to do other than just like just keep trotting Polingo out there and and hoping for the best. Um, you know, eventually he's gonna get tired, right? Because it's just the games are adding up. He is running; it is ninety minutes a lot of the time. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 really impossible to defend it at this point. Um, like even if he does enough to be like satisfactory to us, like in that moment, like oh, he had like a nice pass and we beat Estudil because he assisted. Like that's fine, but like. He's supposed to be like our talisman, our record signing. Like he does something good every now and again, and then we clip it is not like good enough, which, which it seems like that's the best case scenario is he becomes like a guy that does something occasionally. And like, I'm sure we would take that at this point, but like at the end of the day, like it seems like the best case scenario for him is still nowhere going to be near like what it needed to be to justify signing and the amount paid, etc. Mm-hmm. I was just I had another question to both of you. Um, is there sort of a limit of goals or like a target he can reach that will sort of change your opinion on him or like assist or anything, or is he just like at the moment just just play well, or is it like a so let's say if he hits fifteen goals this season, which I know is unlikely. All comps now. is that all comps. Yeah, let's, because let's, I because after yeah. his agent said that, I was looking at his stats. He has hit 15 goals basically in every single season he's been a professional. Um, so I mean, he has to. He I mean, if he hits if he hits like eight goals, I mean, that's in all comps like you know, five in the league, two in the league cup, one in the cup. I mean, that's just that's not good enough, man. You know. Yeah, I agree with Chris. If, if that happens, it's uh, it's good for for Gil Vicente. Uh, at Tondela, but uh, not for Sporting. Um, Paulinho, he was expected to be the striker that Sporting needed, and we spent the money for that. And Mourinho went all out for him. He put his name on the line, his reputation on the line for him. I have no doubts that, hey, if he passes the move now and he scores a bunch of goals and he shuts me up, I'm okay with that. But so far, he hasn't delivered. And, you know, the football world is, can you make it? And you have the toughest position, your striker. That, that's a tougher position in the pitch. And he's not delivering, and now the pressure is getting on top of him. So my question is to both of you, do you think that because he's playing in a big club in Portugal, the, the weight of the, the jersey is, is, on, is on him, is waiting on him? What I think, I, I agree to an extent, but when you look at the strikers we've had before, like even, like Bastos scored loads, Slimani scored loads, Monterey, to his credit, scored loads. Even as far back as like Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, we've always had strikers who are capable of scoring goals. And right now we don't. Yeah, I mean, he's closer to being classed with the Hernan Barcos, Luke Castanhos of the world than he is mm, to being mm, anywhere near those other mm, guys that you just mentioned. Mm, <laughs> Oh my God! Those those names—that's not a. And those guys, and let me tell you something: those guys did not get one tenth the opportunities that Paulinho's had in the short time that he's already been here. You know, he's like an undisputed starter, and he just keeps churning out like shite performances. Yeah, Hernan Barcos got like you know eight minutes, six minutes, four minutes, and then it's like that was all he got. You know, 
I agree. We offloaded. Let's talk about the strikers on the striker position only. We offload Peter Marx, Pedro Mendes, Sporar, and Luis Felipe. And we kept Tiago Tomas and Paulinho. And Jovan, technically, because last jo year, last year Amorim did like to play him up top. Jovan, which now, which seems uh, like, is even worse. Yeah. It seems it's, inconceivable. Yeah. We've got three out of four. Exactly. <laughs> it, it is inconceivable because uh, Giovanni is more of a, of a winger. So why didn't we keep one more striker? It beats me. It bothers me. Because it worked last season, but this season isn't last season, clearly. No. Because you know why? Because we're playing the Champions League. And Pots. Beat Pot and Pot's not game. scoring every game. Exactly. <laughs> well, Pot has been injured. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, without further ado, let's move on to um, this week's game against Borussia Dortmund. I will get the lineups here and the goal point ratings. Um, our teams consisted of Adan, Fidal, Quartes, Neto, Pedro Porra, Matus Rice, Chus Nund, Pelinha, Sarabia, Tiago Tomas, and Paulinho against Dortmund with the likes of Rafael Guerrero, Hummels, um, Thomas Munier, Marco Royce, Witzel, who's known to us um, from being an ex Benfica player, Dortmund Hazard, Daniel Mallet, and Jude Bellingham. Um, Steph, I'm going to pass it to you. Dortmund, obviously, without Haaland, um, but what do you think? of the entire game, what stood out to you, who stood out to you, just let us know your thoughts. Well, I know, uh, Sporting is, uh, let, let's keep in mind that we haven't been in, in the Champions League for a minute, and I'm, I'm not saying this as, a, as an excuse, but, you know, it takes time for a team to to introduce themselves in the Champions League and start balling, and uh, you could see that our team is a little bit green in the, this type of competitions, uh, but it we were much better than the game against Ajax when we lost at home 5-1, which, by the way, was Andrade's Lado Porto. They also lost this uh, this week 5-1. They made fun of us and Tumba La Casa. But coming back to Sporting, um, we played much better. Uh, we showed that we are a quality caliber Champions League team. Uh, losing one nothing away at Dortmund, is is it, it, I know it's bad because we always want to win, but the last time uh, Portuguese clubs uh, uh, they played at uh, Dortmund, I think it was Benfica, and they lost four nothing. Just to give you a glimpse of the reality, no Portuguese team have, has ever won in Germany. No Portuguese team, and I know I said it twice, and I said it purposely. So I was hoping that we would tie this game. We deserved the tie, but it didn't happen. And again, um, because Paulinho was weak in, uh, as a striker, he, he didn't gamble, he, take, he didn't take a, a, a shot at goal, uh, he had a couple of chances, he didn't finalize it, and that was upsetting. Uh, but we deserved the tie. Overall, I think the man of the match for me was uh, between uh, Fidal and Quats. I liked Quats' performance. Neto played well again. again. Uh, Pelinha was average. I've seen better games. Uh, Pujo was phenomenal. Uh, but the most disappointing was for me was uh, Saravia and uh, Paulinho. Um, we, we, we were counting on them to perform at a high level, uh, and they didn't. Uh, you know, Paulinho did the bare minimum, but you got to score goals. You got to score goals when you have the chance inside the box, and he had a couple, and he didn't. And in the Champions League, 
if you have one chance of scoring the gold, which is a clear shot, you have to take advantage of it because you might not have it for the rest of the time, the time of the uh, of the game. Uh, but besides that, uh, Ruben Emery he put up a good tactic, um, and we 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 showed that Sporting Club Portugal belongs in the Champions League. But it might take a couple games to establish ourselves, and I have no doubts that uh, you know we still have a shot to qualify for the uh, for the sixteenth uh, round of sixteenth. But the bare minimum in the Liga Europa, I think we're better than Vesticas. Uh, but you know we have to win those games, of course. Uh, but overall, again, um, I was very pleased with the performance of uh, Sporting Clube Portugal. Um, just. Nunsense and Paulinho. Nunsense when he, he came into the pitch, um, he had a, a couple of good crosses. Berganza was good too. Gaia was good too. Giovanni was okay. Uh, but we got to score goals in the Champions League. Uh, and the one nil against Dortmund was very short. Uh, the Germans, they showed some composure. But playing at home, I was expecting more from them. I think we did beat them to the punch. And we should have uh, gotten a tie at least. Yeah, um, just to add my thoughts on it, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, I genuinely thought Matthews Rice was one of the best performers. Um, Coates had some moments where he like tried to clear the ball and it just looked awful. Neto, I thought, had a, had a good game as well. But what I thought was good about this game is that we weren't getting dominated. We weren't like on the back foot most of the game. I mean, when I look at their goal... I said it in the group chat. I didn't think it was sort of anyone's fault. It was just a good finish, good play. It happens. Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. it does happen. There's no one at fault. Dan's beaten. Coates, you know, he could have been faster. But, you know, Don, Daniel Mallon is, is a very fast player. Um, and at the end of the day, right, we lost 1-0. And we hate to lose. But it was still considering going away to, to Dortmund. Dortmund, if you just look at that team, Germany internationals, a Portuguese international, seeing Guerrero. And, you know, Torgan Hazard, just just many rec recognisable names and definitely a good team in the Bundesliga anyway. But um, I'm looking at our ratings here. Um, Giovanni, I thought, getting a 5.3 is very generous. I thought he was absolutely awful. Um, Sarabia, I've not been impressed from what I've seen with him as yet. I know it's only been four games, but those or three games. or But those games, I don't think he, he's looked that impressive. Not someone who, who should be of like a PSG um, starter. Paulinho, we've talked about already, um, definitely needs to improve. Um, but yeah, I thought the one sort of gripe I had with the game was that um, Matthews Noon should have been bought off a lot earlier, in my opinion. Uh, he was on a yellow card. He made two more fouls, which he easily could have got a second yellow. Braganza is a game changer when he comes mm -hmm. on. No, yeah. matter what, no matter what game, yeah. he can Indeed. play against Benfica, Barcelona, anyone. He'll he'll come in and change the game. And we did need that creativity in midfield because that's what we were lacking. Um, and I think, I don't know what Braganza's done, but Amorim doesn't seem to like him that much for some reason or just is being stubborn, who knows. But yeah, I one gripe I have, we need to see more of Braganza. Uh, I don't care if it's starting, coming off the bench. Matusinu should have been off at half-time for me. I thought he was one of the worst performers in there as well. Um but, but, but Chris, I'll, I'll pass it on to you. What were your your overall thoughts on the game? Yeah, I think that you know it's obviously uh, like uh, it, it, like it, this Dortmund team is obviously not as good as the Dortmund team that we played uh, a couple years back. You know, Dortmund's obviously had better teams like in the in the last like you know like five years, let's say. 
Um, but at the end of the day, like it's still Dortmund. It's still the Champions League. They're welcoming their fans back for a Champions League game. Um, so it, it's no easy ask like under any circumstances. So, but um, we didn't get rolled at all. Um, but I feel like the reason we didn't get rolled is at the end of the day, like this isn't this isn't the greatest Dortmund team. Um, we hung in there, but we just didn't have enough going forward. I like the, the, the gap, like even despite Dortmund not being like, you know, the best Dortmund team that they've had recently, like it still felt like that we were like clearly inferior to them, clearly looking to play off the break, like clearly trying to to soak up pressure and, and survive. Um, which I guess is natural because we're the visitors. Um, but it, it just, it, it felt like, it felt like even though we weren't getting dominated, even though like, you know, they weren't carving out opportunity after opportunity and a down was just flying in and making all these saves to keep us in it. Um, it still, it still felt like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough when we weren't good enough. Um, we never looked like we were scoring really at any point in this game. Um, there wasn't enough chances created. Um, our talisman was not, it doesn't ex- exactly inspire confidence in anybody. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, there's just no moment during this game where I, where I thought we were going to score. Um, obviously when Braganza comes on and as and Dabata during that triple change in like the 82nd minute, from that moment on, we had like 10 minutes of like a bit more pressure. Um, how much is that is like Bragasa changing the game? How much is that Dortmund just kind of dropping their lines and trying to, 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 to just get the one nothing result? Um, it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I guess I would have liked to see those changes earlier because those players did, did alter the game. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, I, it, it feels like it feels like other people need to step. Like if we're gonna score, it's gonna have to be you know a Palinga, you know a Palinga banger or an uncharacteristic Mateus Nunes run, or or Poro you know hits a banger from outside the eighteen. Like it feels like it's just scoring is such a burden, and it, it 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 will take so much. Like it feels like there's no simple goals with this team. Um, that yeah, it's I think it's gonna be a hard out against against anyone you know we've had a tough time against Estoril, Maritimo, Dortmund I mean we've had an equally hard time against as against Estoril as we, we have against Dortmund basically um for different reasons but I mean we couldn't score against either of them and it's just going to be a problem that keeps reoccurring and goals are going to have to come from somewhere um and so far there really isn't anyone who's who's stepped up to to kind of you know take those responsibilities on, and yeah, Sir, it needs to be said that Sarabia has had maybe twenty good minutes for Sporting. Um, it's still early, um, and it's only been a couple games, I guess. But it is at the point where it's like he has been here for a month. He has played like four games now. He had like a good 20 minute stretch in the first half against Estudil, but that was about it. He was a complete zero in this game. He just lost the ball every single time he got it, tried to dribble too much. <laughs> I don't. And then, and then at the point with a lone player like that, it's like the lone player is just underperforming, 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 under. It's, there's no reason to play them, right? 
there's no option to buy. You just you might as well stick one of your own guys in there and develop them because you're not you're not gaining anything with that. Um, obviously, we're not there yet, but it's trending in that direction. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask both of you a question um, regarding the starting eleven. So obviously, uh, Vinagre was dropped for Matus Rice, and Nuno Santos was dropped for Thiago Thomas. Um, do you think Aurin went in with the correct lineup, or um, uh, for me personally, Vinagre had to be dropped? I think, but I don't know. I wasn't sure about Nuno Santos or even for Thiago Thomas to be put to batter in there. Jovan, what did you guys think? Uh, Steph, I'll start off with you. I, I get Tiago Tomas because he's more um, aggressive and uh, pressure-wise. So he, the, the three, Sarabia, Paulinho, and Tiago Tomas, were clearly given um, orders to pressure up top. And um, did he work? It did. I think he did. Uh, like Chris, or you said, you know, the goal that we conceded was... Uh, a very weak goal, a good finish, because it was on the top of the box. And um, it, it was one of those goals that uh, you you hardly see. Um, but we could have scored and we could have tied the game. But I, I agree with you. Vinagre had to be dropped because I think he lacks of confidence. And at the, in the Champions League, it's all about confidence. Uh, we lost against Ajax because we made too many mistakes in defense that's why we lost and at the beginning of uh, the game we were losing two nothing right away um and we didn't we still made some mistakes against dortmund fidel made a couple mistakes that could have cost us you know the game f from the get-go but we kind of redeemed ourselves and uh we didn't concede the goals in that early stage of the game um you know are we talking about a fucking defeat which i hate it because I think we should always play to win the game. Uh, but it gives me that funny feeling in my stomach that we could have gone away with a, uh, at least a tie if we had a good striker up ahead. And, if, we, uh, if we were, if we had like 10% better personnel, we could have maybe even won this game. I mean, it, 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 it makes you realize that how much pot, pot is in, Pedro Gonçalves is important. Because if I mean, had, there's no way we win the title last year without him, right? No, of course, clearly, not. clearly he's scored, now he's, he's scored 23 goals. I mean, without Pot, we we an average team, and uh, we've been winning games in a very hard fashion against Maritim and, and Studil. <laughs> it was like miracles, and um, against Dortmund, if, if we had Pedro Gonzalez, I have no doubt we would have tied the game. And I think Pedro Gonzalez with Saravia would be. A, a a a deadly combination i would love to see those two together because let's keep in mind that i just got into our team they never they didn't even get any practice time he, he, he just been playing and that's it and um and he's not a striker sarabia is not a striker but if he plays with pot i think we might see some magic so let's wait and see those two together and I think we might see what we want to see. But I think Paulinho is not the answer. I, I, I'm still going to go back, and I think we fucked up uh, by buying Paulinho. I really think so. I, I, I would love him to prove me wrong. If he proves me wrong, I'm going to shut the fuck up for the rest of the, uh, of the year. But so far, he hasn't proven me wrong, 
and he had and he had some clear chances to score goals against Turil, Maritimo, and Dortmund. And you gotta have, you know, you gotta you gotta do it as a striker. If not, then you don't belong to Sporting Club Portugal. You can go back to Braga or Vizela or Stalegra or whatever you for yeah um last thing i just wanted to bring up on this game was i thought the offside trap we played um was what's perfection yeah we looked i mean they had the ball in the back of the net so many times yeah yeah we played well yeah that the var and i'm glad it's uh it's available yeah some of them were ridiculous offside or like royce was like so far off on one of those a, a lot of them, like they score, and you you think, oh shit, it's gone in, like because you're just watching the game, you're not really looking for offside. And then you see how well it was. It was obviously something they've worked on because it was literally all all five of the, the defenders at one time pushing up, and you know, words perfection. So, um, lastly, just your boys' man of the match. I think I like not even joking. I think Matus Rice defensively, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to give it to him. Yeah. I just think yeah. I just I just I hate on the guy, I, yeah. and I do, but defensively he was. Good, impeccable, great, even. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Matthews Rice, uh, Steph, man match. Now nah, I'm gonna go to Matthews Rice as well because we we all together have been putting him down, and you know, game after game after game, and what a performance by Matthews Rice. And uh, the one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna make you guys realize is, is something you haven't thought about is uh, Ugart. Ugart, I think he played two minutes or something yeah. like that for sport. I wouldn't be surprised if Ruben Amorim doesn't test him as a uh, as a center back because he played for Uruguay as a center back, and uh, since we're so weak in that position with the injury of Inacio, I I think we might see him in a, as a center back because Pelini is playing phenomenal, so I don't see Ugar stealing his spot. So why not test him as a center back? Yeah. He plays for the national team. Why not? You know? Yeah, de- definitely. Um, Chris, are you going to make it three for three or are you going to choose a different man of the match? Uh, I'm going to give it to uh, Braganza. 10 minutes of Braganza. He created more offense than we did yep. in, in the previous 80 minutes. So, yeah, that left foot. <laughs> He's got a great left foot. Yeah, I can't even argue with that. He was incredible. Um, let's go. Um, unless you, any of you have anything else to say on that Dortmund game, we can go into the Maritima one. I, I mean, I guess the the thing that needs to be said about Vinagre, um, which we've talked about before, how he has like a, a games games played related uh, mandatory purchase option. There comes to a certain point where like, let's just send it back to Wolves because it, for that price and for what I've seen, it, it's it's absurd. You know, it's it's blasphemy. 10 million, I mean, 10 million for 50%. Like that player is not worth 20 million. That player is worth like 2 million. I don't um, know what the rules are on sending a loan player back. Well, we didn't have to send him back, but just like permanently yeah, exile yeah. him. Like he should be, he should be not like, unless he drastically improves, there should be no way he gets anywhere near like 20, 20, 25 games. And that gets like close because there's no reason. I'd rather see Flavio Nazinho. Or 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 Mateus Reyes or as Gallo on the wrong side, like there's no reason that that guy should be getting minutes if he's gonna be you know that much of a liability. And potentially with that, if he had an option to buy for two mil, like it, it doesn't matter. But 
the option is so absurd that it just makes it like there's just no reason to be involved with that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I even think maybe Nuno Santos on, on that left wing back. Like, we, we've seen it tested a few times. Like in the league games, in the league games, that works because there's less defensive work that needs to be done. But against, like, Dortmund, there's no way Nuno Santos can play uh, wing back. But against, like, Estudil or whatever, if we're just going forward, like, it, it's fine, I think. Have we got the newest sporting guest down there, Steph? <laughs> can you introduce us, Steph? Go on. That's Maya. He's Hello. Hello, my look. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that was that was good. I enjoyed that. Thank you, Steph. Um, good cameo. <laughs> she used to be a, a customs dog, so mm. I I adopted her. She's uh she's uh, twelve years old now. Damn, because she sniffed like bombs and shit. No, no, she was part of the uh, Beagle Brigade. Uh, brigade. So she smelled the. Uh, uh, food all the time and she's really oh, okay. good because at home she finds everything all this <laughs> yeah even the kids when they hide snacks she finds them yeah she's awesome yeah there's a good dog um we'll, we'll move on to the final game we have to talk about and that was and um, the maritimo game um ended in a one nil uh pedro Porras scoring and um, the last minute penalty um, lineup has followed Dan, Cuartes, Neto, Fadal, Vinagre, Poro, Polina, Matus Nunes, Nuno Santos, Sarabia, Paulinho. Um, I'll start off um, just quickly saying that I thought people were called Sporting Lucky and say we get bailed out, but we dominated Maritimo. I do not remember a single chance. You see up there, 0.2 XG they had compared to our 2.8. We had so many chances that we just couldn't score, whether it was Paulinho or Nuno Santos or Sarabia or, or anyone else, just couldn't finish. But we dominated them from minute zero, from yeah. minute one, pretty right. much to minute ninety. Um, I think Sarabia again. Okay. I wasn't too sure, on. wasn't too sure on him. Um, Paulinho again. We Give it up. Before. Give it up. Uh, Nuno Santos. I mean, this this is the thing. We can dominate again as much as we can, but if we can't score, we've got options up there who just could not finish, like Nuno Santos or or Paulinho. Then it's going to be one nil, but. If if the sporting of let's say 2016 17 played played like that, um, and we had Bastos or Bruno Fernandes or anyone else up front, this is easily a 5 0, 6 0. Even last year, when we beat Maritimo at the last game of the season, you can say what you want about like the, the end of the season, but that team would have smacked this Maritimo team by the same by the same amount, I think. Um, literally, Maritimo offered nothing for me, and the penalty was 100% a penalty. Poor Javan nearly got killed, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think uh, an undeserved result in saying that we should have won by at least four. I think maybe five. Um, Chris, um, what were your thoughts on, on the entire game? Um, who were your standouts? What were your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, I guess it's it's similar in, to the it's more similar to the Estudio game in the way that like it worked out in the end, but. Um, I definitely think that we played better overall in this game than we did against Estudio. Definitely created more chances. Um, yeah, we just need to finish. Nunu Sanz had, again, like three great chances. Paulinho had a couple. I'm trying to think of the other uh, chances. Poro hit the inside of the post. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, the the whole thing, the whole time I was thinking this game as it got closer and closer to the end is that 2020-2021 sport, sporting 
uh, finds a way to win this game in the last 10 minutes. And um, teams that are champions find a way to win this game. Because this game is going to happen like seven more times this season where we're dominating, but it's still 0-0 down the stretch and we need to find a goal. Um, and, you know, this, we were fortunate that we we're fortunate that it worked out. Um, big credit to Kawats because Kawats was actually the one who flicked that header on because he was playing in like an advanced role in like the 93rd minute. Um, so again, like Kawats helping us out offensively. Um, we're too thin at the back to start him up top, I think, but it's an option, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it was an incredibly frustrating game. Um, so many chances, let it go down to the, all the way to the end. They, they, they were anti Jogu. They were like one shot boys. And it was like in the 12th minute they were, they had absolutely nothing going forward. That's why like, um, it kind of worked out. Cause I think Nuno Santos was playing on the, was playing wing back in this game for a little bit. Um, and like, they just had nothing going forward. So like Nuno Santos defensive responsibilities were, were not like so, so, you know, drastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, needed to get a result. We, you know, we what would we have been seven points behind Benfica if we we tied this game? You know? Yeah, yeah, that's good. that's in within six games to be seven points off the title. That's not not good enough. I mean, it's 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 still all right. I mean, we're start, we're still two games behind with four points, but like we can't we can't be losing them that much this early. And yeah, needed to find a win. And uh, to our credit, got it done. Shout out to whoever stood in net, though, for the uh, Maritimo penalty kick. Clearly watched Poros PK against Estadil. It was Edgar Costa in goal. Okay, yeah. He clearly watched Poros PK against Estadil. Knew exactly where he was going. Just didn't have, like, the like the mechanics. And, like, he didn't know how to, like, dive properly. But, like, he knew exactly where he was going. Poro... And it's a message to Poro if he's going to be the PK shooter, he needs he needs another spot that he can put it because um, he gets a third PK. You, I don't think he can try to go top left again, um, or he could try to do like the oh they definitely think I'm not going top left, so I'll just go top left again. The the, the like the double psychology thing, but yeah, I mean, shout out Poro stepped up, team got the result, but it still leaves a lot to be desired. And a lot of the problems that were involved in this game uh, carried over to the Dortmund game, which is just inability to score. And this one was more troubling in the sense that like sporting turned results last season with very limited chances, like efficiency. We won the title last season because we were incredibly efficient scorers mm -hmm. and 25 shots, you know, like over three expected goals, like, that is the definition of, of not efficient. So, um, yeah, I will see against Aruka this weekend, right? On the road, team that's doing decently okay, um, underperforming sporting, having a tough time scoring sporting. It'll be an interesting game for sure. Before I pass it on to Steph, sorry, Chris, I've just seen this comment. Um, can you confirm? <laughs> do you play like Manish? Um, <laughs> oh, I actually scored an absolute banger this weekend. And Manish's goal against Holland in the Euro was better, but it was it was like it was kind of similar to that. <laughs> it was from the other side though. 
Yeah, a great comment by Paul. Uh, sorry, Steph. Um, what were your thoughts on 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 the game in general? Did you think the penalty was Stonewall? Um, and just let me know what your thoughts were. I I love the uh, comment by uh, Paul Ponte. I uh, know uh, you look like Manish. I got to say, <laughs> I agree with Paul. He still uh, has like the similar hair to, to this day, right? I think I saw yeah. him on like Sport TV or one of the Canal Eleven or something. Yep. And he's another player that was a uh, Sportingista all his life, and he played for Porto most of the time. He came back at the end when he couldn't run anymore. Uh, for Sporting, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, against Maritimo, what else to say? I mean, uh, Chris uh, hit it right on the, nail, the head of the nail. Uh, we, we dominated the whole game, but we don't have a Bajdost. Dost. We don't, we don't have a Lietzon. We don't have a Jardel. We don't have Emmanuel Fernandes. We don't have someone that uh, can dissolve games. I mean, the problem is not crosses. Um, even against Dortmund, we had a good amount of crosses, but there's no... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I just had to, to get a side-by-side -side comparison. <laughs> I'll try and zoom in a bit more. There we go. There you That's go. pretty good. I I mean, you're definitely younger than Venetian in this photo. But, um, yeah, so sorry, Steph. Carry on. No, no, no. It's cool. <laughs> I love it. Are you kidding me? Uh, but yeah, so we we we're missing a, a good striker because uh, Paulini has been getting some good uh, good crosses from Porro, from uh, Nunsans, from Vinagre. I'm talking about all competition, Champions League, and the Maritime games to real game, and he just can't finish it. And then it becomes a problem. It, it reminds me, I don't know if you guys remember Pauline Cascavel. He played for Guimarães, and then he was bought by Sporting. And uh, in Guimarães, he was a phenomenal striker. But when he went to Sporting, his performance took a dive. And Pauline is the same thing. At Braga, he was, he was decent. But at Spartan so far, he's been a big disappointment. And I've been supporting Pauline all the time, even with my silly, uh, you know, uh, predictions. And so far, he's been a big disappointment. And we need a striker. We need someone to finish. And he, he has not been the solution. And I didn't know, like Paul Ponce just said, that uh, Paul, uh, Pot, Paul Gonçalves being hurt, uh, we we knew he was going to be uh, a big, um, uh, you know, a, a big disadvantage to us, but we didn't know it was going to be that tough, and uh, and it just shows that we depended so much on on, uh, on Pedro Gonçalves, and it's it's I, I'm very disappointed with Paulinho. I don't know. I, I I think we should put the other Paulinho, Maybe he'll do better. <laughs> I mean, definitely. I have a similar result. Though. Yeah, exactly. Um, just lastly on this game, um, Steph, your man of the match. I mean, the man of the match, without a doubt, is uh, Puro. I mean, uh, I know he's uh, from Spain, but uh, it looks like he was born and raised and as a Sportingista, and um, phenomenal performance up and down the corridor on the right wing. By far, is the best lateral direct in Portugal, and we're lucky to have him. But I do miss 
that's my man of the match, but I do miss Nunez now. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Chris, who is your man of the match for this game? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kawats. I thought he commanded defense well. Um, uh, flawless performance defensively and uh, in the end helped set up the uh, the goal um, or the, the the play that would the, – the, the pass that led to the PK. So, you know, um, the clinical yeah. – the critical moment. So I'll give it to Kawats. And I think Kawats, we're gonna we're gonna be using him more in a uh, in a striker position in the future. It's yeah, because a... every game is gonna be zero zero, so we're gonna need a goal yeah. in every game. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna give mine to Polina. I thought it was another great Polina game. Um, it, firm, uh, long balls, uh, always good, and I think it's just another like performance we're so used to that gets sort of swept under the rug a bit. But um, I, I think. On this occasion, we leave it to Polina. And finally, on this game or this game week, so to speak, I'll just get up the league table um, for now. Um, Befica sit in twenty well, the first point, first place. Sorry, with twenty-one points, not drawn or lost a single game. Uh, Porto in second, twenty third, Estoril fourth, Braga fifth. Um, looking at that league table, guys, um, what are your thoughts? Any reason to panic at the moment, or you know, uh, are we still able to catch Benfica? Do you think? Steph, go ahead with that one. Yeah, I, th I think no. We we still in very good shape. We we played against Braga. We played against Famalicão. We played against Porto, and uh, Benfica didn't play against uh, none of those teams. So we're still in very good in good shape. Even though I have to admit, Benfica is 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 balling. They, they just don't well. look like they're gonna drop points anytime yeah. soon, no matter who they play. You know. Yeah, they're playing well. I think the only time they'll lose points it's against uh, us, Porto, or Braga. But you know, never know. I mean, today they won against uh, Barcelona, which is the weakest Barcelona in the last two hundred years. Uh, you know, but it, it still they won. They won three nothing at home against Barcelona. It's still a respectable, you know, result, and they playing well. Jorge Jesus. In the second year, that's what he, his teams they play well, and so far so good. Yeah, I agree, Chris. I'm not sure if you have anything to add on on the current league table. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's we just basically can't let the gap start to balloon more than it uh, already is. Yeah, um, and agree. that means Benfica is not it doesn't basically that means Benfica is not driving points, so you need to basically win them all and to keep pace basically i mean the, the only do you guys agree with me the only result that's disappointing because we should have won against porto but tying against porto is not drastic it's just a tie in the family town on another on other another day though the last two games could have been draws too and then what do we have yeah. we're yeah. right there with braga then you know if that happens and then it's a much different story you know yeah exactly for me, I think the most disappointing game was actually the Porto one because against for me, the cow, I thought we were just bad in general, yeah. we were just yeah. awful. Whereas in Porto, I thought we played well enough that we could have beaten them if Nuno Santos could score or finish his chances. I think that one annoyed me more just because of the amount of chances we had, and literally, yeah, we deserve to lose the family con game to be honest, yeah. probably. But I'm talking about obligation. We should have won the game against Famalicom because it's obligated. Yeah, yeah. yeah against on, Porto. On paper, yes. Yeah, on paper, yeah. But no, no, I agree with both of you. Famalicom, we could have lost the game. 
it, it wouldn't have been a shocker. Well, you look at Familiar Cow in the lead table. Where are they? Uh, dead right lost. in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the three points is off us, unfortunately. Yeah, we gave them thirty three percent of their points. Yeah, not not, not in my basement. <laughs> um, next game is against uh, Aroka, who sit in fifteenth. So we sit in third. Um, Chris, what are your predictions for this game? Are we going to struggle again, or do you think it should be sort of easy pickings for us? Uh, I think it's probably it's gonna it's tough to predict anything other than a continuation of like the same trend that we've been on. I think we'll squeak it out one nothing, uh, with a goal from Nunu Sense finally. But yeah, it's it's gonna be more of the same as opposed to less of the same. <laughs> I think. Uh, Steph, are you likely to agree? I'm going to say 2-1, Sporting, um, and I'll say Nunsanch and Paulinho. I know I'm being optimistic, but let, let me dream. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0. Um, I think Sarabia is finally going to get on the score sheet, and I think Pedro Porro with a, another penalty somehow make it three in a row, just so Benfica and Porto fans can cry a little bit more when that happens. Um, <laughs> But um, other than that, Chris, I believe you've got some loose ends sort of segment in the show where you just want to very much tie up some loose ends. If you've you've got any waiting, please feel free. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, basically I look at from, so I look at when we upload our last podcast in, on, like, on, on Twitter, which is like September 22nd, and then I just scroll through all our tweets between then and now and just like take note of like uh, things that happened basically in that time frame that we haven't talked about since the last pod. So since we recorded, we found out that the, well, obviously the Guimarães and Porto 15 million euro youth player swap happened. And then we found out that the sporting deal that landed, I think his name is Marco Cruz. And, mm-hmm. and we sent um, Rodrigo Fernandes the other direction was the same type of deal where we each paid 4 million euros and then just basically swapped prospects. Um, basically the point of this, the point of this is um, it like raises the uh, player's value because uh, it's like Rodrigo Fernandez is being signed for 4 million euros. So that naturally makes his like valuation go up. And then the valuation going up increases like the club's assets because like players, Obviously, that's an asset on the balance book. So, like, it just basically increases, like, your squad valuation and, like, it increases, like, your debt-to-asset ratio. So, basically, it's just a way to, like, make your your finances seem healthier than they are by making it seem like your assets are overvalued, basically. It's like an accounting trick, basically. Um, So, I just... Wanted to know what your guys' thoughts of it are. Um, I, I think between Marco Cruz and Rodrigo Fernandes, I, I, th- I think we're getting a better player there. I've never even seen Marco Cruz play, but I'm just assuming he's not worse than Rodrigo Fernandes or at least a better prospect. He's three years younger. Um, like, obviously, like, that's a win for us. But, like, it, the whole thing doesn't sit right with me. It, 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 it seems kind of gross. Obviously, Porto did it with $15 million, We or I guess $21 million total. Um, we only did it for four total. So obviously they're doing it much more egregiously. Um, but I was just wondering if you guys had any thoughts about like this and like what it could spell for the future or any thoughts really. 
Yeah, I think that based on the Porter fans I've interacted with, that they think Marco Cruz is a huge loss. Um, and from what we we a lot of sporty fans don't like Rodrigo Fernandez. He, I think he called the fans out at one point, which I know fans can be sometimes annoying, but like he was still on the books. And I think he he defended Rafael Leal or something. I really can't remember. It was like two or three years ago now, but um. In terms of the whole like asset management thing, it is very shady, but it happens all the time. You look at PSG have done it, and you know, even if you look at the Man City, like like do you remember last year, um Ruben Diaz and Otamendi to balance out the books, they sent 15 million and Otamendi or, or some it was just something like that. It does happen a lot, but it's worse to see it with your rivals, like direct rivals. Uh, I just hate doing business with with Porto Benfica Braga, but um yeah, it's de- definitely shady, shady to me, and I really don't like it. Uh, I don't know if Steph has any other similar thoughts on it. No, I feel the same way. I mean, it, but again, at the same time, it's uh, uh, the the three top teams. I'm I'm gonna say four top teams for the youth in Portugal. It's Sporting, Benfica, Porto, and Braga. And um, I think this is part of evolution that uh, you know clubs. Uh, like those four clubs, they they swap players. But like Chris said, it, that's some shady some shady stuff going on, and that's that's the only the only thing I don't like about that. But at the same time, if it's legal, and if you get away with it to make a bunch of money or to up the price of the of the player, the pass of the player, as long as it's legal, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, facts. Uh, Chris, don't know if my you last, any more uh, my, la- my last thought on this is um, it seems like in the last like year we've been getting a lot of like youth prospects, like new youth prospects from, you know, uh, maybe like you know, a player that was like between us and Liverpool chose us, right? In the past, they probably would have gone Liverpool. So we've gotten a couple players from Porto, important ones in the past, you know, couple months. I- at first, I thought like, this is just because, like, we've got Amorim, and Amorim has demonstrated, like, he's going to – if you can play, like, he'll play. He doesn't give a shit, like, how old you are, how experienced you are. Like, he just wants quality players, and he'll give you your fair shake regardless. Do I think that that's untrue? No, I still think that that's true. But I think that that there is more to these youth player signings than it, than just that, which is basically I was just like, oh, this is just, like, nice. We're just attracting top talent. There is a non-zero chance there's something more nefarious going on behind the scenes that's shuffling these these youth players. So just something to keep an eye on um, going forward because this is like this is a whole new world of like these these youth player transactions, especially in the internal market for such inflated fees. Um, it could be just the start of like a new trend that happens, you know, regularly. We'll see. Um, Another thing I wanted to touch on, this feels like an eternity ago, but it actually was, I think, two days after we did our last pod, um, the white kit leaked this kit. Let's see if I can share my screen. Uh, actually, I don't know if I can. Um, if you have the picture, send it to me. 
Or we'll send it to the group chat and I can get out. Right, I'll just put it in the group. Okay, that works. Okay, I put it in the group. Um, I guess in the meantime, the only other thing I wanted to talk about was there's an AG tomorrow. Uh, it's in. I guess yeah, it's up. So I mean, what you guys have any thoughts on this? I mean, it's pretty. It's about as plain as it gets, right? Uh, no, no, compl the no complaints. The five-year-old could have designed that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Literally, just just stick the badge and the night tick and the sponsor. It's plain white. I don't know if there's any sort of like side or back to it. Mm -hmm. But like, if if there is, I mean, definitely better. But like, just plain white, just yeah. Okay, it's it's, it's okay. It's it is what I, it is, isn't it? I it's guess good, the uh, the question is 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 this just like an emergency UEFA kit because uh, green and white stripes, lime green and green and black, like all three of our kits are like green basically. So like, did they just have to make this to like to just go with UEFA regulations and? It will never be for sale, and they may not even wear it unless it's an emergency. Um, that could be the case. It could be just made up because still not confirmed. Don't need to be a wizard at, at Photoshop to design this kit. I don't think. Um, so it could just be completely made up, or it could be the fourth kit, and there is no Strump. Those are the three options as I see them. That would always be the. We look no like yeah. Well. We look like Gimarangs. <laughs> Gimenez has like a design on their kit at least <laughs> that, that reminds me of like Real Madrid from like the 2014 2015 yeah, it looks like it looks like a regular t-shirt you buy at Walmart and then you put on your <laughs> stuff the way, the way you want it I know it doesn't like you know like the, the the template of our away kit where like the sleeves are at least like even if the sleeves are like a light gray so there's just like something going on here like the Granada away kit, but like it's just yeah, it's white. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then the last thing was um, AG tomorrow. Uh, first AG in in since about a year. Um, last time we had an AG, the 2019-20 budget was rejected. So that will be one of the things we'll be voting on. The 2019-20 is on the ballot. The 2019-20 budget will be on the ballot tomorrow. Along with the the twenty one twenty two budget, um, and the um, the financial results from last season as well, um, which as you know are I think minus thirty two million losses, and then the fourth thing they're voting on is uh, naming the um, the gates of the stadium after like uh, famous players. Um, yeah, I mean it's tough. It's at like six o'clock if you work anywhere not near lisbon it's tough even if you work in lisbon getting there for six is tough i imagine um if you can go vote it, you know it's a privilege that unfortunately i don't even have a decision to make you know all of us here on screen the decisions made for us that uh we can't go even if we wanted to um so yeah if you can if you're on the fence if you're like oh i don't really want to just uh, think about those who 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 um who would go, but but just you know, the, there's an ocean between uh you know there and the and voting. So yeah, go 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 go. We get so little chance to have our say these days. Um, it's really the only only voice we have in the club anymore uh, is like the occasional AG. So yeah, go and go and have your voice heard. Yeah, um, I guess that means for like sort of any. If you have the chance to vote in any sort of situation, not just sporting, 
vote. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I'm not sure if you guys have any more things to add, any more questions, any anything, anything else. I have. Uh, I pre I'm prepared for the modalities because I didn't know we would be joined oh, yes. by uh, by Steph. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, Chris, uh, go, go ahead. I'm prepared too, but go ahead. Okay, sweet. Um, so since the last pod. Two hockey games, both wins, 5-3 uh, win against Volongu, and then 6-3 this weekend against Braga. After the Volongu game, there was some some of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, the, they were, uh, they were uh, attacking the sporting fans, chasing them through the corridors of the arena. They eventually got, had them cornered uh, in, like, the Carton de Adeptu section. One of the guys had, like, a pit bull that he was, yes. like, like – I don't know dog, if he was, yeah. like – I don't know if he was like unleashing the pit bull. I don't know how you get a pit bull into a indoor stadium. Um, just absolute law lawlessness, which as far as I know, have, has seen absolutely zero consequences. Sporting put out like a little statement at like 10 PM the next day. But outside of that, nothing uh, would love to know uh, what the reaction would have been if that happened at a game uh, with one of the big three clubs. Um, someone's just like sicking a pit bull on uh, opposing fans. I'm sure it would get a bit more coverage, but since it's a roller hockey game, no one gives a fuck. Still insane. Um, but hey, listen. But I don't blame. The, <laughs> I, I don't blame the pit bull. I blame the owner. I blame like security. Like, is there yeah. none? Yeah. How the fuck <laughs> did he sneak it like just like, <laughs> under his coat? Just uh, oh, not I know the fu the fucking law enforcement in Portugal was terrible. Uh, a PSP is in the air. They suck. They do. They do. They, 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 they've sucked for so many years, and they still do. Um, share my vote intention. So, if I were to vote, I'd probably vote no on points one through three, and vote yes on point four. Um, no are all the budgeting related, or the top three are all the budgeting related questions and the financial related questions, and then four is the question about the gates. If you want to name the Gates, Stromp, Yazal, Manuel Fernandes, I don't really give a fuck. But as far as voting on the financial stuff, um, you know, I don't support the, the way the club's being run financially. I think that they're doing incredibly sketchy business, and voting no is like the only voice, the little thing you can do. Like you can tweet about it, or you can go and vote at the AG. Those are really the only two things you can do. Vote tweeting about it doesn't really do anything. Voting no might do something if there's enough of people that do it. Um, I think that all four will probably pass, um, probably pretty easily. Um, I don't know how motivated any opposition is against the president. There really hasn't been in, in a while. That's why it leads me to believe that it'll probably pass. Um, but uh, I would simply vote no because it's the only uh, only voice that any of us have to express any sort of like disapproval in an official capacity. Yeah, uh, spot on. Uh, is is was that the end of modalities? Is that is that what we've got? Yeah. Oh, and then uh, so modalities. Getting back to that, I just did hockey. Uh, under twenty three, one nothing win against Portimonis. Uh, handball uh, league game against Stubel, uh, thirty three twenty one win. Uh, as well as yesterday, we played the second leg of the uh, European EHFEL uh, qualifier. We won 31-28 in Denmark. Mm -hmm. I think we won by three at home as well, or four. So uh, we probably won by like seven by or six. We six, won by six at home. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so we, won, we won comfortably on aggregate, and we're into yep. the group stage. Um, yep. We'll, the draw for that is tomorrow, and we're in pot four of six. 
So we'll see how our draw is tomorrow. Um, obviously, it'll be posted on Twitter. Um, basketball. Um, I don't know if we did this one or not. Basketball won against Immortal 74-64. First Super Tassa in the uh, club's history for basketball. Um, ladies football, two games. Both 5-1 wins. 5-1 against Arnedus. And then 5-1 this weekend against Benfica. Uh, I think that's a much more uh, impressive result. But absolutely battered them. A lot of the goals, like nice goals. Even the PK that we got is is top corner. Uh, some questions to be asked of the Benfica goalie on some of those goals, but absolutely dominated them. I, for one, thought the ladies' team. I didn't know what was what to expect from the ladies' team this year. They let like so many people go, like a lot of rollover, a lot of youth injected. Got we and then we signed a couple players late. We got Diana Silva back. We got that goalie from Juventus. So it was like I didn't really know what to expect, but. Seems like we've got a decent squad and we could push for the title. So let's hope that they uh, they keep that going. Um, if I may, if I may say, I I, I have to uh, because I watched the whole game. So Brenda Perez from Spain, she came from Barcelona. She has a phenomenal goal, the first one from outside the box, and uh, what a player she is. And Diana Silva, she scored a uh, a beach. Um, so she just came back from uh, overseas, and uh, she she was playing in uh, in England. In England, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, she she scored the bees, and then Joana Marchand, uh, and she scored the penalty kick. This this team is phenomenal. I got and I got to give kudos to Mariana Cabral. She's our new coach. She coached our B team and the youth in the Sporting Club Portugal, and she knows all the players and. Tactically, she 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 embarrassed the uh, Benfica coach. She 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 mounted the team to to win that way, and we deserve to win that way. And the one goal we, they scored is it was a gift from us. Uh, so we, we the one of our players at Becker, when she passed it back to uh, the, our goalie. It was too short, and then uh, the Benfica player took advantage of it. But what a performance! Five one it was actually too short. It should have been for my count nine one. But you know, that's that's all I wanted to say. I I, I wanted to put my two cents in the Yeah, I mean game. this is a, this is the team that just qualified for the Champions League like two years. Exactly. Ago. And we just made them look like a like a youth team, you know. Benfica just qualified for the Champions League and kudos to them because it's the first <laughs> time in the Portuguese history. Uh but uh it, it it makes you think if it was sporting in the Champions League. Maybe it would be. It makes a thing for next. Point. Like, let's see what we can do this season, and then we get in that qualifier next year. And you know, maybe, maybe like we should be expecting they qualify. You know, the only player I would love to see in our club and Benfica is Chloe, the Canadian. She's phenomenal. She is good. Um, moving on, we only have a couple more men's volleyball. Uh, Rasa Veda Cup winners. Uh, it went against Benfica and it went against Caldas. And then uh, prior to the uh, Singer game yesterday, UEFA Youth League game against Dortmund, nil-nil draw. Uh, the group for the UEFA Youth League group is Ajax and Dortmund on four, Sporting on two, Besiktas on zero. Um, so Sporting looking a bit better in their U your UEFA Youth League group than in the uh, Singer group, but um, still sitting a third um, in both. Actually, are we? I guess we're probably in fourth for the Champions League because our goal difference is not good. 
But regardless, still tied with tied tied two teams with six, two teams with zero. Um, so yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you for that. Um, that draws us to a close. Um, sorry, couldn't get uh, Marino on here. Um, try mess Jim, and he's not replied. So just firstly, hope he's all right. Um, we'll get him next time. Yeah, next time. And um, just a couple, a couple more things. You, uh, yeah. our under seventeen, they won seven nothing against Lutano. Uh So they, they've been impeccable. The, the under seventeen. And last of, uh, but not least, I know we don't talk much about it, uh, but uh, in, in gymnastics, we won two silver medals and one bronze medal. And uh, in uh, goalball, we won, um, I think it was 13-7 against a German team, which it's for the Champions League of goalball. A goalball, as you know, it's a modality uh, for uh, blind uh, athletes. So... Uh, sport, sporting is heavily invested in that modality. Uh, Porto as well. In Portugal, we've been champions for a long time, year after year. And in the Champions League, we always do well. And again, if they have a little tournament going on. And uh, yeah, they won 13-7 against... Here we go. Lyons bateram russe do Moscou GT 3-7. So they won against the Russians of Moscow GT. Was that today? Was that today? It was today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thirteen seven. So, so we were the last European champions. So that's that would be phenomenal. You would make it. We have two European titles in that in goal ball, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, we we have a pretty good team, a pretty solid team. So I didn't want that to go in bad. That's all. Yeah. Uh, thank you both for that. Um, yeah, we're going to draw this one to a close. Thank you, Steph, um, unexpectedly joining us. We always appreciate being here. Chris, as always, same same to you. Thank you to everyone who um, joined in. If you do want to follow Chris on Twitter, there is his handle below. If you want to follow Steph on Twitter, his hand is below there. And that is my handle there. I um, don't know how you did that. That's a pretty nifty trick there. Hey, no, <laughs> I want to give um, you know a shout out to uh, our boy uh, Danny Saldana. I hope everything is going well in Portugal. Uh, be safe and um, make sure you go to the IG and make our voice be heard. And also to our uh, one of our friend uh, fans, which is uh, Lauren. She's in Portugal too. Lauren, uh, we miss you because she's always in our show. And uh, be safe in Portugal as well and enjoy Portugal and Sporting. Yeah, spot on. Um, if you do want to follow us, um, Sporty160EN, sorry, underscore EN uh, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your music and podcast places. Um, thank you all for joining us again, and we shall be back soon. Be